I am so encouraged in the Lord Jesus this morning. I was praying last night in preparation for this morning and um, just meditating on some of the scriptures that, that we'll look at today and, and really asking the Lord, what is it that you want to do among us tomorrow? And, and uh, the picture of Jesus, and even in our time worshiping up at men's retreat this weekend, um, just this picture of Jesus... Uh, not not visibly, but just uh, sort of mentally um, thinking on him and the righteous and holy one. Um, and so I'm like, I think, Lord, I think you want me to start there for some reason. I don't know why. And so as I was praying, he brought to mind um, a portion in Revelation to read of Jesus. And I said to the Lord, I said, God, if the songs that we sing tomorrow focus solely on Jesus, then I know that this is what you want us to do. And, um, and so I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure. I walk into the room. We're going to pray. And um, our brother Ken receives a text from, from uh, another brother in the Lord who is speaking specifically about worshiping Jesus and the songs that we're going to sing this morning. And then Leah says, here's the songs we're singing. And I look at the list, and I'm like, okay, Lord. Um, and then Leah reads out of Revelation chapter 4 of Jesus. And here's the text that, that I think the Lord wants us to begin with this morning. Um, and then we'll just see from there. But in the text she read, it said specifically of the voice of Jesus and of the... That sounded like a trumpet. And here's the text that goes with that verse of what he's referring to in Revelation chapter 1. So Revelation chapter 1 verse 12... We'll start there. This is when he first encounters Jesus, and we'll hear about the voice he hears, what that sounds like, and who uh, he sees. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man. This is Jesus, clothed with a long robe. And with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow, piercingly white in purity. His eyes were like a flame of fire burning. His feet were like burnished bronze, shining brightly, refined in a furnace pure, and his voice like the roar of many waters, like Niagara Falls at the bottom, where you can't hear anything. It's how loud his voice is. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. The word of God, we see in Hebrews, and his face was like the sun, shining in full strength that we know if we look at even for a few seconds, our eyes will become flames of fire, right? When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not. As though dead, he's laying before Jesus amazed and shocked by what he sees and overwhelmed. And Jesus reaches down and touches him and says, 
Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. We sang that death no longer has victory over him. And I have the keys of Hades and death. And then to skip past where Leah read, it says in chapter 5, verse 12. We can start in 11. We'll start in 11. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, this is Jesus, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, everywhere, all things that were created, saying, to him who sits on the throne, the animals are screaming this. This is amazing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. Yes. And the others fell down and worshipped. This is, this is, this is Jesus. This is, whom we, this is whom we worship. The, the bride gathers together. Jesus' bride gathers together regularly on Sunday mornings throughout the world. And we, as the, as the people of Jesus, as the followers of Jesus, gather together to, to be awed by him and to worship him. What I, what I want to begin with is something that... Um, that we don't do really often, maybe in this setting. But I believe that the Lord desires to answer some of our prayers, or maybe more. Um, but we don't often get a chance to together pray on a Sunday morning. Um, I mean, one, two, three pray maybe, but collectively, um, as God's children, he hears. He hears us. And so God is doing some things up in men's retreat. Um, and answering some specific prayers already. But uh, I'd like to take just like three or four or five minutes with the people around you. Just be sensitive to who's around you so that no one feels left out. Just gather and bring them in. Um, not everyone has to pray. But, uh, but just to take a few moments. Because some of you are praying specifically for men that are up there. My tears are like yours um, for brothers and fathers and husbands. And, uh, and so let's just take some time and, and pray together and ask God to really, they're going to be gathering here in like a half, in like 20 minutes. 
And, uh, and, and Pastor Matt's going to bring one last word of exhortation and encouragement. The whole weekend's been around just being really open and authentic and, um, and transparent in our lives as men. And, uh, and so we, we want to, as, as people want to receive them well when they come home, we want to be able to encourage them. We want to be able to ask specifically, what is it that God did? What was Jesus doing among you? Tell me. I want to hear. Give them some time. Like, don't press them. Don't, like jump on them and, and demand that they, that they tell you, but, but ask them. And it, it'll be encouraging for us to hear, but it'll also be encouraging for, for maybe the brothers to think about, what yeah, God, what specifically did you do? Um, but just as they gather, can we just pray together uh, with each other specifically? And whatever the Lord brings to mind, just pray that out. And um, let's take a few moments to do that, and, and then we'll jump into the Word a little bit more, okay? So again, be sensitive to the people around you. Just gather with a few. It doesn't have to be huge groups. And just pray together. And, uh, and I'll stop us in a few minutes. Father, for your word says, for without faith it is impossible to please you. For whatever, whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that you reward those who seek you. And you say, this is the confidence that we have towards you, that if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And if we know that you hear us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of you. And so, Father, I thank you even for the prayers of my fellow brothers and sisters and, and your delight to hear them and to, to answer their prayers. And so we do. We just... Uh, we honor you and the work that you're doing in the lives of men, um, local men up in Chamina. And as our brother Matt brings the word today, God, would you use your word to, to pierce through the hearts of the men that are there, that they would, that they would be amazed by you that they would walk in repentance, that they would turn from the way that they're going and choose to follow after you and so find life in you. Amen. So, uh, so Pastor Matt asked if, if I would... Um, if I would continue with the series that we're doing on the indwelling spirit, and we would specifically look at the, lead, the leading of the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit lead the followers of Jesus? And, um, and I think one thing that God wanted us to begin with today was uh, not only a picture, but also an experience of there's not only certain men that or certain women that God... Um, uses and everyone else just sort of gets to be beneficiaries of them. But the way that God's created his church and is creating and building up his church is, is the picture we have as a body. We know that if, if one member of our body, something in our body's not working well, that everything's pretty dysfunctional, right? Um, a little pain on your pinky can really rock the rest of your body and sort of like put you out. You know, or if, if you have just a little cold or sickness and, and you just, your head is, is just really uh, congested, you're just incapacitated. You just can't do anything. And, um, and so 
God's creating this, this bride of Jesus that mutually encourages and walks alongside each other. Um, he uses this bride of people who, First uh, Corinthians says, as we preach the word in our foolishness, it pleases God to use that. Our lack of understanding of really what the truth of the gospel is, it pleases God to use that to save people. And so if you're like, I just don't know what to say if I'm going to talk to that person about Jesus, well, good, you're like the rest of us, and your inability to really say, this is who Jesus is, and this is what, this is what God's done through him, it still pleases God to say, thank you, because through your word, they're going to believe. I'm going to breathe life into their spirit, and they're going to become a, a son or a daughter of mine. And so God delights to use all of his people, regardless if you think you're if you think you got it all together or not. And, and God delights to both hear and answer your prayers in the same way. And, um, and so as we look this morning at the, the spirit with, within, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, there's many names as we've seen over the last months, um, I want you to know that I have so much to grow and, and learn from God and walking in the Spirit of God. And so if you feel like, I just have no idea, welcome to the club, okay? And, um, and I just say that to encourage you so that, uh, so that you might not look. One of the things we talked about yesterday was um, sort of this outer shell that sometimes men can carry. And... Um, and God broke through into the inner shell of many yesterday, just even to be able to express some things that, that we're struggling with as men. And there was some common themes. And so we're all really similar, even though from the outside maybe we look a little different. Um, maybe we look like we got some things together. And um, we're all just, we, we all just get to walk as children of God. Um, the picture I have is my sons, my three sons are sort of functioning on their own, and then we have a Daya who's can't do anything, and is a, lot of, is, is a joy, and is a lot of work, and I'm just reminded of the reality of, I just really need to take, we need to take care of her in every single way, and that's who we are as sons and daughters of God. We need him in every single way, even though we might not think we do, and, um, and so I say this, and begin, and as we, as we spend time in the Word, you're maybe going to think of like, oh, I remember this, or I remember this, or God, was this you that, when you did this, um, you guys, there are many stories. I would love to just say, hey, can we just open the microphone? We're not going to, but, um, but we, we want to hear your stories, the things that God's doing, the amazing stories that he's doing in and through your lives. Yesterday, we had a time to testify, and there was a, there was a handful of, of brothers that got up and said, this is amazing. I've never done this. I, I didn't do, we never went this way. We didn't, we didn't try to do this, and, and then we did. We went early to something, and then because we were there in that moment, our lives intersected with somebody whom God wanted to meet, save. There was two stories of saved lives yesterday um, of people that were like, I don't know why, but we did. And they were just obedient to follow the Spirit of God, even though maybe at the time they didn't know that that was the Spirit of God. Um, and so you have many stories, and, uh, and we want to hear because it encourages our hearts to believe that God is He's greater and bigger than any box that we've placed him in. His ways of, of communicating with us, in addition to the word, are many and aren't like, God is unchanging. 
But the circumstances and the people of our lives are always changing. And so he doesn't necessarily work in the same exact way every single time. And, um, and just to be open to say, God, um, is this you? Are you leading in this? Uh, I'm willing to follow. And remember that he's good and he's trustworthy to follow. We can follow him. He's a good father. And um, we don't have to be afraid. And, and also keep in mind that as we do this, as we step forward in faith into the unknown, into the uncomfortable maybe, that God meets us there. And he'll continue to teach and continue to, um, will continue to grow in that and, and hearing him. And, um, and so as we look at the spirit of God, uh, there's a handful of things that we see in the scriptures. And one of those, a few of those things are these. We see Jesus saying, it's to your advantage that I go. It's to your advantage that I'm not here with you physically, but that, because when I go, the Spirit of God is going to come. And He's not only going to be with you and among you, He's going to actually be inside of you. It says the Holy Spirit reveals things. He reminds us of Jesus' teaching. He instructs us and teaches us. He gives words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words of prophecy. He guides the followers of Jesus, into all truth. And he seeks to glorify and to make much of Jesus like we want to. That's his work. And uh, he says that he will, Jesus says, he will glorify me. He will take everything that's mine, right before it talks about Jesus' authority and his truth. He'll take everything that's mine and he'll declare it to you. All that the Father has, he's given to me. So I say, giving it to he, he will declare it to you. The Spirit of God will declare it to you. And, um, and so there's two main pieces that, that I want to spend a little bit of time on. And the first is foundational. If we miss this, then we're going to miss everything else. Um, there's, there's two texts. There's not a lot. If you're like, okay, leading in the Holy Spirit, or how do I be led by the Holy Spirit? There's not a lot of like specifics within here. There's a lot of pictures that we get. Um, one of the, one of, the uh, thing, one of those areas is in Romans chapter 8. And he says, he says this in chapter 8, verse 14. For um, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And so we can be confident that in, in being led by the Spirit of God, we, we know who we are. And if we know who we are as sons of God, we can also be confident that we can be led by the Spirit of God. They work together. So main text, if you want to spend time looking at the Spirit of God specifically, main scriptures that you can spend time in that will help give you some of these pictures um, are John chapter 14 and John chapter 16 and Romans chapter 8. And then just read the whole Bible and you'll see, you'll see everything else, okay? Um, and, and spend some time doing that. Um, he's, Jesus says in, in Matthew ch- chapter 22, somebody comes to him and says, what's the greatest command? And Jesus says, you know what? The entire Tanakh, the entire Old Testament, Jesus is thinking on, and he says, this is the greatest command. That you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. That you should love God with your entire being. That's the greatest command. He said the second is, is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. And when you love God with your entire being, it manifests and becomes visible by the way that we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so we see Jesus' life and, and 
in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and a lot in John, of how he's talking about this relationship that he has with the Father and with the Spirit of God. And, uh, and in this relationship, we see Jesus um, say things like this as he's living his life among us. He says things like, the Father loves the Son, and he shows himself, he shows the Son all that he's doing. The Father's working, and he shows me, Jesus, uh, all that he's doing. And then it says, I do as the Father, in John 14, I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love him. I love him, and so I, so I obey his commands. And he loves me, and so he shows me the things he's doing. And I just get to enter into that with him and bring it to completion. And we have this imagery of Jesus and his followers. We have the imagery of the vine and the branches. And, and how the branch is so connected to the vine, and without it, it's dead. But in it, it's life. And in it, it, it he produces fruit. And so Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can't do anything. So there's this dependency that Jesus is saying, you need to depend and remain connected to me. For apart from me, you can't do anything. And Jesus gives us this picture of shepherd and sheep, an intimate relationship of a shepherd and a sheep. If you were to take folds, many folds of sheep from various shepherds and bring them all into this area, when one shepherd's ready to leave, he'll give his call. And you know what? All the sheep are laying down, and his sheep pop right up, and they'll just follow him. Here we go. And if you, there's, there's really sweet videos that you can look at even on YouTube um, where, where you have a shepherd who say, hey, this is the call. And they'll tell him, say this, and then see what happens. And there'll be people that are like trying to do it just like the shepherd, and nothing happens. And, um, and all of a sudden, the shepherd goes up, and he calls, and boom, the sheep come. So there's such an intimate relationship of the shepherd and the sheep and how the sheep, and Jesus says, my sheep, they hear my voice. I know them. They love me and they will follow me. That's the picture Jesus gives us of the relationship that we have with him. And, and then Jesus says also of this of his followers in John 14, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Again, this relationship of obedience and love for Jesus. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. I will reveal more of myself to the ones who love me, who obey me. And so learning how to follow the Spirit of God begins with the foundation of an intimate relationship. We're in a culture of getting Get it, buying whatever we want to. Um, there's not a lot of earning, if you will. Um, although we, we work and, and receive payment, um, the relationship that we have with Jesus and the Spirit of God is one where we, where we continue to grow, and it takes work, and it takes obedience, and we grow in love, and so there's this intimacy that we begin to share more and more with Him. And... Um, and the Holy Spirit, it says in, in Ephesians that the Holy, in Him we all have access in one Spirit to the Father. And so the Spirit of God is the one who gives us access to the, to the Father. And, um, and so we continue to grow an intimate relationship with our Father through the Spirit of God. And so a couple questions just to think about. 
Are we wanting answers from God? Are we wanting a leading from God? Are we wanting God to show us what to do next? But we aren't willing to, or we're forsaking, or we're neglecting a love relationship with God, an intimate relationship with God, through whom he brings those things, by whom he brings those things. We'll look at some of those things in a moment. Are we neglecting relationship and just wanting him to give us the things that we want? Are we want, we look at people, are we wanting a, the fruit of a spirit-filled man or woman who's led by the spirit of God, but we're not really wanting to remain in Jesus and abide in him and commune with him and work to that end? Or maybe we're wanting to grow in all these areas where we're like, I don't, I just don't even know where to begin. Where do I start? And um, I feel like that a lot. Um, actually, every single one of those questions is me um, in various times. And, I'm, and God reminds me. And so I just keep, okay, Lord, I need you more than I need all these things or all these answers. I need you more. And so the foundation of walking in the Spirit of God is an intimate relationship of love with him. So, um, God is intimately involved in every detail of our life. There are, there's no such thing as a coincidence. It's all the hand of God. Um, as we do that, we just live in confidence. It, it makes the challenging times not so challenging. It makes the really joyful times even more joyful because we know what God is in them. And um, the scriptures talk about praying without ceasing in Thessalonians. And um, one encouragement to have is as we, as we grow in this um, and we begin to talk with God, we begin to talk with him more. It's called praying, okay? And you can pray with your eyes open. You can pray when you're driving, when you're walking, when you're whatever. You can, you can commune with God throughout the day. And so this praying without ceasing actually becomes a real thing. You might think like, oh, how do I... Pray without ceasing, sitting on a chair with my eyes closed. I got to work. I got to do all these things. It's not, it's not how it is. Jesus lived perfect communion with the Father, and he lived his entire life that way. And so, um, so we can commune with God throughout our lives. In the Old Testament, we see the Spirit of God remaining on some for a time, season, for some circumstances. In the New Testament, we see the Spirit of God filling. Um, we see him anointing Jesus at baptism. We see him filling John from, even from birth. And so there's this remaining of the Spirit of God. And then in the book of Acts, we see how the Spirit of God comes and fills the believers, and it's, and it's a life of walking in the Spirit of God. It's not, here, I'm going to take, you're not going to have the Spirit for a little while, you won't be able to hear from him for a little while, but then you will be able to. No, it's a constant thing. And so if, if I believe that often, you guys are probably, and, and myself, we are hearing from God, but we just don't know it's him. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's who that is? Praise the Lord. I'm going to start trying to obey and see what happens. And the cool thing um, about obedience is that when we, um, when we think we hear from God and we're like, I don't know, is that you? Uh, I'm not going to do that because I'm a little afraid. Or, and I'm speaking from personal things, so don't feel like, okay, if you can resonate with that, um, I don't know. I'm a little intimidated. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know. Um, but then I do. And God shows up and I'm affirmed. That was you, God. And there's other times I'm like, I'm going to do that. And then it doesn't happen. And, 
Either, either God's just showing me that, hey, you need to be more dependent, or that was just me, Dan. You just, you missed it. Um, but we don't know unless we obey. If we're constantly in this place of like, I don't know, and I don't act, then we never actually find out, was that you, God, or was it not? And so there's a call to obedience out of love um, that we can begin to experience more of. And, um, and so reading in the book of Acts, you see, you see God working in perfect union, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, you see him working in these ways. You see angels coming and leading people. You see um, dreams. You see visions. You see uh, Jesus specifically coming and speaking to people. And then you see the Holy Spirit uh, leading, leading people in different ways. And so all of these things work together. And God is working in all these circumstances. Um, so there's a few... There's a, spe- a few specific things that I want to um, talk about in, in Acts. Um, and just to have this story of Philip. And just let us see some of these things played out. But imagine that we're sitting down to a Thanksgiving dinner. And there's all these things on the table that, that are just really pleasing to the eye. And you know are going to taste really good. And they're all from God. And there's a whole lot of them. And you can't even name them all. And we're just going to try a few today. And so if you're like, oh, I, th- I, thought God, I think God maybe speaks to me in this way. Um, and he's affirmed that. But Dan didn't talk about that. That's okay. Because there's a whole lot more that we're not going to hit on. But here's just a few. So turn to Acts chapter 8. We're going to start in 26. And we're just going to go to the end of the chapter. Um, but right before this, there's uh, there, Philip, who we're going to talk about, and Stephen are, are deacons. You see that in Acts chapter 6. And, and they're full of the Holy Spirit, and God is doing amazing things through them um, by the Spirit of God. And, and Stephen is, is killed. He's martyred. He's the first martyr. And then you have Philip. And when Stephen was killed, the, all, except for the apostles, the disciples of Jesus, um, everyone else was scattered and they were going out and they were declaring the gospel and, and, and declaring the glory of Jesus wherever they were going. And, and so that's where we're at right now in this, um, in this text in verse 26. And, and right before this, Philip goes to Samaria, who, who are really undesirable people in the eyes of Jews. They would actually go around from Galilee, which is north, to Jerusalem, which is south. They would go around this area of Samaria because these were, these were like people that intermingled and intermixed in marriage with Gentiles, and so they're not, they're not really pure Jews. And so we just avoid them. They don't like each other. And you have, you have Philip going into Samaria and proclaiming the gospel, and God is doing amazing things. And then you have the church in Jerusalem going, wow, is this true? Is this possible? And so they send John, the Apostle John, and Peter, and they go up, and the Spirit of God... Um, falls on the Samaritan people in this area where Philip is, and they're like, it is God. Praise the Lord. Even the Samaritans can be, can be followers of Jesus and can be saved. It's not just for the Jewish people. And so that's the picture that we have. And, and one of the ways, the, the primary way in which God leads his people is through the word of God. I just want to start there. This, is, this, this needs to be our foundation. Any, any other thing that contradicts the word of God, we can know that that's not the, the Holy Spirit. It's not the spirit of Jesus. And so we want to always be looking here and testing everything according to the word of God. Okay? Um, anything that happens outside of that, that, that affirms these things, 
um, that's good. And it, and it bears fruit of God. That's, that's a good thing. We can walk in that. Anytime it contradicts, we just want to be really sensitive to that. Um, and so we have Philip going and declaring the gospel of who Jesus is into the land of Samaria. And he's, and he's walking in obedience to that. And, um, and God is, he's walking to the obedience of the command of Jesus to go into all the nations. And to, and to, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. To teach them all that he's commanded them. It's to make disciples. And so Philip is doing that. And, um, and so the text in Romans chapter 8 says, For those who, are, who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And so if we're walking in, if we're spending time in the Word and we're, and we're trying to walk in obedience, but at times we're setting our minds on fleshly things, we can know that that's not being, we're not being led by the Spirit of God in those times. We're being led by our own desires. Um, but if we walk, if we set our minds on Jesus and we're walking, um, thinking about him, thinking about things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, we're spending time in the word and, and seeking to walk according to the spirit, um, we, can, we can be encouraged and affirm that this is, this is um, the spirit of God that we're walking in and in accordance with the scriptures. Um, so, so I just want to give as well a couple ideas of how, how the word of God um, how the Word of God can lead us. Uh, there's a brother of mine who i um, spending time praying one morning. I just, I just, God put him on my mind, and I really wanted to encourage him. He lives down in Watertown. And um, I said, Lord, how can I encourage him? And God brought, my, brought to my mind a, a passage of Scripture in uh, Psalm chapter 42. And there was three verses, and I just sent them to him. By faith, I'm just, I ask God, God, is there some way I can encourage him? That's what came to mind. So I just did that obediently. Um, many of you guys have these stories that even happened this morning, as I mentioned earlier. But he emails back and says, no way. That was the same verse that I was meditating on this morning. One of those verses was one he was spending a lot of time in. And so um, just obediently, I'm just going to send this off. I don't know what's there. And then he says, God, I think God has something there for me even more. Um, as I was meditating on it. And so when God brings scripture to mind that just really encourages you, send it off to some people maybe or pray, God, who can I encourage with this? And, um, and call them or text them or send them an email or whatever else. Go and visit them and say, hey, I've spent time in this scripture. I just want to encourage you with it. It's a, it's a, um, if, if it is God that's leading you to do that and he has something specific for that individual, then praise the Lord. And if not, well, you just got to encourage a brother and sister in the word of God. And that's a good thing. And so... Um, so do that as God brings that to mind and let the word of God saturate your heart so that as Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so you just get to share the word of God with, with people that you spend time with. Don't be afraid to, um, God will work in and through that. So let's look at this text. Um, verse 26 and 27. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down to Jerusalem, to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he arose and went. So he's in this land of Samaria. God is doing amazing things. And God says, I'm going to take you from there. And I'm going to have you go south of Jerusalem. So if you're imagining on a map, going south of Jerusalem, and I'm going all the way over to Gaza, which is the Mediterranean Sea. Okay, and so he's just walking. Okay, I'm just going to go there. I'm on a road, and uh, I I don't know what you have for me. And, uh, and it says then in 27, And there was an Ethiopian 
eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her treasure. He had come from Jerusalem to worship God. And he was returning. Um, He was returning to Ethiopia. And... And the spirit, um, excuse me, and he was returning seated in his chariot and he was reading the prophet Isaiah and the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. And so imagine Philip, he's on this road, he's walked and um, he's like, God just told me to go, so I'm just going. And he sees this, he sees this barrage of um, he sees this group of people. He sees this Ethiopian. It's a mass crowd. They're just going back to Ethiopia. And he's walking and he senses, okay, and this is where the language is like. Some people would say, I heard from God. Some people said, I felt like I should do that. The, a lot of those things are really similar. We just define them differently. And for whatever reason, the Spirit of God says, go over to him. Go over there. And, um, and so he runs. He runs over there. And, um, and one of the things I wanted to mention was just how God brings our our life circumstances and to intersect with other people. And um, sometimes we're like, I don't know, maybe I should go over and see that person or they're alone or God gives us eyes to see something specific. And, and so go, go over, spend time, even as Philip, um, even as Philip did, hey, there's a, there's a chariot. I'm just going to go over there. For whatever reason, I believe God is saying, go over there. And, um, and so Philip does. And, there's a story that um, as I was leaving the church one day, I was walking, I was meditating on some scripture and just kind of trying to memorize and I was walking out here and for whatever reason, if you ask yourself, why am I seeing this God? Often that's a good like, hey, pay attention because there's a lot of things you miss in life and when you see something that you're like, why am I seeing that? That's kind of weird. Um, just ask the Lord. This is the communing piece. God, is there something here for me? Do you want me to do something here? Or whatever. So I'm walking on the road, and I, I, he, God shows me this young man that's sitting down on the park bench by the baseball field. And I'm walking along. And this is one of those times where I'm starting to argue. I'm not arguing with myself. I'm arguing with God. Um, who argues with himself about something? Often, if we're arguing, we're probably arguing with, um, with God. So I'm walking and, and it was like the Lord was saying, it's not audible. It's like the Lord is saying, go down to him. I'm like, I don't, that's weird. Like, I'm not going to just go, what am I going to say to this guy? I don't even know him, right? And so I'm walking and I just keep going. I'm arguing. I'm like, fine, okay. Um, I don't, I've done it, I've passed it by enough times where I'm like, I don't want to miss this again. Okay, so I'm going down. As I'm going down, anxiety sort of building in me. At the same time, sort of trust in the Lord. And okay, I'm just walking and, and, um, and I'm trying to think, like, what am I going to say to this guy? Like, how do I introduce myself to a complete stranger just hanging out on a park bench? And, um, and so, so I meet him. I don't remember how it began, but we began to converse, and I sat down with him. And it was evident to me right away that God was doing something here. And so I just got to sit with him and be with him. And don't, don't let that... Um, like that is significant in itself in a culture where we're isolated and lonely so much, where we have technology, but we're not really engaging each other relationally. Merely sitting down with somebody and listening to them and talking with them is an act of love and acts of love are from God. And so 
so be okay with just that, if nothing else. Or if you feel like you missed something, that's okay. Um, but, but go and, and, and sit and listen. Nothing, again, nothing is coincidental. Um, and so practically speaking, maybe you just, you're at the market and you run into someone, and you're like, oh, it's so good to see them. I haven't seen them for a while. Or, oh, I really need to connect with them. Or maybe you're walking in, or maybe through life you're like, I would, I would love to see this person today or talk to this person. And then God brings that to happen. Just believe that's God orchestrating your life and just walk into that. Maybe you don't know what's going to happen. That's okay. Just walk into it and expect that God will continue to reveal more of what's happening. And, and do that and be prayerful as you do that. Um, and so then we continue on. And he says uh, in verse 30, um, So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. Now, the passage of Scripture that he was reading was like a sheep, that is out of Isaiah 53, like a sheep that was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and began with the scripture. With that scripture, he told him the good news, which is the gospel, about Jesus. And as they were going along the, as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Obviously, Philip talked about the ba- being ba- baptized into Jesus. And, and then some renditions don't have this, but... Um, some do. It says, if you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. And the Ethiopian eunuch said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself... For, so. This area is basically he just went further north up to Caesarea along the Mediterranean Sea. He just kept declaring the gospel and sharing the gospel with people. And so you have this picture of, of him climbing up, sitting with him, sharing the gospel, the man believing, being baptized, going down to the water, sorry, going down to the water, being baptized, coming out, and then, and then God sort of says, okay, done, that's it, that's everything. You don't have anything more. And, um, and so he leaves, and the unit keeps going. And the eunuch goes, returns home, totally changed, and, be, and, and then likely begins to testify of who Jesus is um, with those in Ethiopia. And then Philip just keeps going north, and he just keeps preaching the gospel to people. And, um, and so my, as we look to be led by the Spirit of God, one of the things we want to continue to focus on is, how, how can I take opportunities to really glorify and magnify Jesus and and so, um, so Philip sees an opportunity, runs over. At the same time, the man is out loud reading Isaiah 53. Talk about timing. That's amazing. Right in that text. And he says, how can I understand this? And he gets up there and he's like, this is a perfect opportunity for me to really glorify Jesus. And so I'm going to tell you all of who Jesus is and what he's done. And that he believes. And so I'm sitting with this man on this park bench. And he says, um, I'm not married. I have a son. I live in Mankato. I'm like, okay, that right there alone 
um, helps me like see more and more. This is, this is you, God. He says, I was walking around delivering all these things right after tons of water uh, went, or we got tons of rain. So everything's flooded. And he's like, we're going around trying to waterproof basements. And I don't get to work. I just get to go around from door to door. And I'm tired of that. And so I'm sitting on this park bench. As I'm walking by. Okay? And, uh, and he hadn't even been sitting there long. And so I'm just asking him about his life. Just caring for him. And, and just praying as I'm doing that. God, what do you have? What's happening? And so he begins to talk about wanting to get married. But not being married yet. And... Um, he shares with me a little bit about his history. Like, he was a part of a Lutheran church when he grew up. He doesn't really, he, does, he doesn't belong to any church. He's, he's really wrestling with some different things. And, um, and we're talking about love, and I'm, and I'm like, praise the Lord that you want to get married. That's a good thing. And just encouraging him in that. And he's like, I'm maybe like wait for a year. And I'm like, what? If I knew him better, I'd be like, why are you waiting for a year, man? Like, you have a child, and just get married. Um, but he's wrestling with some stuff. And then he says this to me. He says, you know, this is really, uh, uh, sorry, right before that, we're talking about the love. What is love? I start talking about the love of God, and I start bringing the word of God and saying, this is what true love is? This is what the word of God says. And she started talking about, um, asking him, Does, do you know John 3.16? And he's like, I, I should, I don't. Um, so I just, that's okay. Just speak it to him. And, um, and we talk about how love is a choice. And so as you look to get married, choose that. Don't wait for the feelings. And when the feelings maybe leave, it's still a choice. We see God's love. It's never God loved so he felt this way. It's God loved so he acted. Love is a choice. So we're just talking about what true love is. And then he says, this is really kind of weird. Um, I was praying a couple days ago, God, if you're real, would you show me? And then right in that moment, I'm like, the boldness of God increased. And I'm like, this is the answer to your prayer, man. You just prayed this. And in this moment that God has ordained for us, he's just declaring to you, I'm real. I'm alive. Right? And I love you. And, um, and then Philip got to go further than I was able to. Uh, right at that moment, someone else came. So we're just down there in the middle of nowhere, right? And someone else comes. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and sort of interrupts our time. And, and part of me is like, oh, I'd love to share more with you. But God was saying, no, that's enough. That's it. You don't, you don't have any more. He's going to go home to Mankato. He's going to go back to his girlfriend, fiance at the time, I think even. And, um, and he's just going to keep wrestling with this. And I don't know what God is doing, but I just get to be a part of that. And then someone else gets to be a part of that. And then someone else gets to be a part of that. And that's how God uses the body of believers, not just one or two or three. Um, There are many more. I was going to share a few others. Um, Prayer and fasting is something we see in Acts a couple times. Um, One of the ways that we can be led by the Spirit of God is through prayer and in obedience to that, as you're praying and someone, God brings someone to mind, or as you're just, just interacting, riding home with Tom and Nick and Dave yesterday, and we're just talking about some of, the, just some of the brokenness that we have in our church with just really hard circumstances like the Morphets and like the Gallaghers, and, and Tom's like, let's just pray together. Let's just pray right now. And, um, and so we get to do that. And, uh, and so when God brings people to mind, pray for them. You don't know what's happening. Um, call them. Hey, 
just want to, how are you doing? God has brought you to mind uh, as I was praying. Or as I'm praying and God brings a scripture to mind and, or a picture or, or, or a word of, of some kind. Um, just follow up with that. Just ask a lot of questions like, hey, we were praying on Friday night and this word obedience just kept coming as we were praying. I'm like, Lord, is there something there? So we just began to pray about obedience. We began to pray about openness. Um, we began to pray specifically. We were praying over some Tuesdays. But we began to pray specifically about, um, in the weeks leading up, specifically about intimacy and openness and transparency and that Pastor Matt would be free to, to be open and to go maybe in directions he wasn't planning to go this weekend. And the first thing he says when he get up, gets up on the stage, he says, God is uh, challenging me and telling me, Matt, you just need to be open and honest and not sugarcoat anything. And praise the Lord. That's amazing. Thank you, God. You were already doing that work. All you did was invite us into that so we could begin to pray that and that you would affirm that to him. And then yesterday I get to encourage him in that. This is what we've been praying for specifically. And this is the first thing you said. So just keep going. I just encourage you to keep being open and keep following what God, what you believe God. I'm affirming what God was saying to him. As we were praying, we could see that. And um, just want to encourage him. So as you're praying, um, it's significant. When God brings things to you, just pray into those things. And, um, and fasting is a mystery of God. You see it some of the scriptures. When you begin to, um, when you begin to starve your flesh of things that it, doesn't, it needs but it doesn't really need more than God, um, then we begin to see God in different ways. And, and so that's a mystery you can just dive into you on your own, um, but we see it in the scriptures. Uh, so here in closing... Um, The foundation is an intimate relationship with Jesus. Being led by the Spirit is is an intimate relationship with God. That's where it begins. It must begin there. You can't have anything else if you don't have that. Don't be afraid. There's a lot of times where I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. God's Word says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, the Holy Spirit. I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind, self-control. He says, there is no fear in love, for perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears hasn't been perfected in love. And he says in Acts 9.31, it says, So the church throughout all of Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. The Spirit of God is our comforter, he says, as you read in John. Be willing to obey and to go, even if you're uncertain. Because that's when we get to see, is this really you, God, or is it not? And then the last thing is let's be people who ask. Ask, ask. As we commune with God, God, would you do this? I asked for three specific interactions with people this weekend. God, would you let this happen? I'd love to spend time with this person, this person, and this person. And throughout the weekend, all the way up to last night, the last person walking by a table as we were eating, and he's sitting there. And I just get to connect with him, just for a little bit. And so let's be people who ask. In James, it says, you don't have because you don't ask. And when you ask with wrong intentions, you, you don't receive because you ask with wrong intentions. Let's be people who love God and desire his will and then just pe- people who ask. And as we ask, we get to see God answer. So God, um, 
there's, there's so much that we have to learn and to grow in, and I have to learn and to grow in. Would you just continue to faithfully lead us as a good shepherd that we would love you? We'd love you more and we walk in obedience to you. Amen.